Justin Barney from Channel 4 joins us right now on the River City Hardball Podcast. Justin, appreciate your time. Let's preview the high school baseball season coming up in Northeast Florida. Give me a couple of schools from this area that have your eye heading into 2020. Uh, yeah, I think you start off um, with the teams last year that, that made it the furthest. Um, I look at a, at a creek side down in St. John's County. They were um, one really one bad inning away from playing for a state championship last year. Uh, they've got some guys coming back. Um, you know, I think they, they graduated quite a bit, um, but you, Daniel Cantu, big um, infielder at USF now, um, they've got uh, Josh Frisbee coming back, which is a big one for them. Um, you know, they're in a tough district. I think um, they and Fletcher, it will come down to, to them and Fletcher um, in their district championship game. And, you know, as we've seen in these other sports, um, baseball is uh, is no different than basketball and, uh, and and softball and some of these other sports where we've got the new point system in place. So, um, you know, district champ, district runner-up got in under the old pretenses to the playoffs, but they are not uh, under that format now. District champ still gets in, but we have a – basically a wild card or point standings uh, determining that next playoff spot of the next four in the region. So I think we're going to see, you know, I think we could see some some more area representation in the playoffs because we've had some good teams. And, um, you know, you look at, uh, like last year, Providence missing the playoffs in that very tough district. I think had we been under this format that we're going to be this year, um, we're not going to see those teams missing the playoffs like they did in the past where you've got a, a stacked district and, and three or four deserving teams in there. Um, I think in baseball, uh, more so than, than probably any other sport, we're going to see um, see that pay some dividends come playoff time. So um, I think that's a, that's a pretty good storyline entering this year just because of the quality of baseball that we have in this area. Um, in terms of teams other than Creekside, um, they played in the state semifinals last year. I look at Bowles. Um, again, they graduated uh, quite a bit. When you, you talk about Hunter Barco leaving, that's a big storyline in itself. Um, but uh, they still have talent at Bowles, and I think they're a, a favorite in their district, which they're in there with Providence, uh, Fernandina Beach, Episcopal this year, which is a very, very good district, maybe even uh, the toughest in the area. Um, I think Providence is uh, in a little bit of a rebuilding mode. They lost three high-quality players last year, Tyler Callahan, Nathan Hickey, Tucker Talbot. Those guys combined for 30 home runs, 103 RBIs. So um, I think in in what we lack in star power this year, we're going to see more in, in depth across the board. Yeah, Justin, one of the teams that I was able to see on Saturday, uh, Frank Frangie's Walk-Off Charities Tournament, St. John's Country Day has five Division One commits. I mean, that's that's a pretty big number for a high school baseball team. Yeah, really. And, um, you know, they're in a district 3-2A this year with Christchurch, a very good team. University Christian uh, made it down a couple years ago down to the state championship game. Um, so I think with St. John's, you're talking a 2A team. That was a regional finalist last year and um, you know, ran into a little bit of a buzzsaw with North Florida Christian uh, in, that, uh, in that regional final round. But I think St. John's is, is a team that um, doesn't have that, that playoff pedigree, but, man, alive, the talent that they have this year with, um, you know, with a lot of their returnees and, and, and 2A baseball, you know, you're, you're talking about depth and arms, and um, St. John's has got that. And, you know, you're, you're going to run into teams that um, don't have that just being 2A schools, and uh, St. John's is going to have that. Um, you know, I think they're, they're a better shot this year to get, uh, to get past that regional final round. 
um, maybe make a state final, state semifinal, who knows. But um, I like St. John's this year, especially as if you're picking a lower classification team to kind of break out and um, to make that run and, and get over that hump. I think St. John's is certainly that one to keep an eye on. Tell me about uh, the prospects this year for Bartram Trail and Fletcher. What do you see from those two schools? Yeah, I think you know Fletcher with uh, with some talent on the mound. They have Cherokee Nicholas too, um, another uh, another good one. Um, you know, I think Gateway teams, especially this year, when you're talking about um, the teams, the standout teams uh, from those Duval County public schools, I think you're going to um, talk about Paxson. I mean, very good team, very good year last year for the Golden Eagles regional final team. They bring back maybe even the best player in the Gateway Conference this season in LeBaron Johnson. Uh, Paxson, no slouch last year. They were 20-6, and six, uh, led the city in offense in the regular season, hit 357, one of the top teams on the mound, the 161 ERA last year. Um, and you, you start at the top with LeBaron Johnson and uh, outfielder pitcher kid, and, um, you know, he may be one of the top players. Um, you know, I, I say he's maybe the Gateway player, uh, top player in the Gateway Conference, but you could probably even expand that a little bit further and say uh, he's probably top two or three guys in this area um, in the class of 2020. So um, when you're talking Gateway Conference teams, Fletcher, Paxson, Mandarin, Sandalwood, um, and, and even flex out a little bit further with uh, maybe a Parker, um, although Parker doesn't have the depth as it's had in the past, Dennis, uh, Dennis uh, Robinson over there always makes the best out of his team. So I think Gateway teams are strong this year. Um, Across the board, especially in that top uh, top top three or four teams in the Gateway Conference, start with Paxson. You know, it's interesting you mentioned LeBaron Johnson. I actually had his coach on last night, George Wall, and we were talking about him. I mean, here's a guy that's 6'4", 205 pounds, uh, 17 years old, can, and he was clocked at 94 the other day. Justin, what is his ceiling? I mean, what, what type of player are we talking about with LeBaron Johnson? You know, when you when you talk about that, I mean, six four, that frame, he's throwing. Uh, I mean, just smoke right now. Um, you've got to think the pros are looking at him, and uh, he's a he's a Florida kid. So um, if he does not get drafted pretty high out of um, out of high school, when um, he'll probably get drafted with that size and that type of arm. Um, man, you don't you just don't see those types of of guys come across this year in uh, you know typically in our area you don't see those kind of that uh, that type of body on a on a high school kid you know Hunter Barco was a was a giant on the mound um, and I think really the injury concerns with him um, coming out of bowls probably prevented him from being drafted a little bit higher than than he would but uh, I think Hunter is a, a fantastic kid and again you talk about the height uh, Hunter Barco get a kid again that was that. Six four six five frame and LeBaron Johnson a, a giant on that mound too and he's throwing in the nineties too so I think uh, the sky is the limit for LeBaron and again as I said I think he's uh, in the conversation for uh, for one of the top players on the first coast yeah and it's pretty exciting because LeBaron is going to throw on Friday night uh, at uh, Piscopal and then you look at tonight Hunter Barco playing at the University of Florida is pitching tonight uh, against JU so that's a pretty cool uh, spectacle to see in this week in Jacksonville yeah really and you know for I uh, covered Hunter quite a bit, and I mean, I don't think the kid ever lost a playoff game in high school. I mean, he was doing it from his eighth grade year on, and um, I think uh, the draft situation with him, I think he's going to be completely focused um, and uh, and looking on, you know, look on on improve or uh, proving wrong to people that um, you know to major league teams that they should have uh, scooped him up early. And uh, I think the sky is the limit for Hunter. I think we're going to see him. Uh, you know, maybe uh, two years from now, three years from now, a top ten pick in the MLB draft. 
A few more for you, Justin. A couple of more standouts from the Jacksonville area. You look at Bishop Snyder and uh, Danny Neri. He was part of that uh, walk-off charities tournament on Saturday, a guy going to Notre Dame. Yeah, really. I mean, he's a catcher. Um, and, you know, we talk about the smaller school guys. Uh, Danny and uh, Bishop Snyder has had a great career. Um, he's a he's a kid who can hit for average, who can hit for power. And, you know, you, when you think about baseball guys, you're always kind of pivoting to the schools, the, the bowls, is the, um, you know, the Creeksides, the Bartram, and rightfully so. Those are teams that continually and annually have, uh, have the, those guys that they're cranking out. But I think this year is a really good kind of a pivot from, from what we've seen in the past. We've got Danny at, at Bishop Snyder. We've got the, the laundry list of guys at St. John's. So I think we're seeing that, uh, that depth kind of um, you know, spread to the schools that aren't necessarily thought of as um, particularly those powerhouse schools. And it uh, will be interesting to see if they can parlay that into that uh, playoff success. I mean, usually playoffs come around and uh, the pretenders separate themselves uh, from the teams that have, not, uh, you know, that have been there before. So um, I think Danny is a guy to watch out for, Bishop Snyder. Um, I think, um, yeah, don't be wrong, the bigger schools still have those guys. I mean, Bartram, is, uh, Bartram Trail is loaded. Creekside is solid. Fletcher's good. Um, but I think the, the teams like Providence maybe thinned out a little bit um, more. Uh, Mackowit, Coach Mack is a great coach over there. Trinity Christian lost its coach in Gil Morales. So I think there's a little bit of a question mark there on some of those more stable teams that we've seen make those uh, lengthy playoff runs. And uh, the door is open, I think, for those teams like uh, Danny and, and Neary at Bishop Snyder and the St. John's teams to do a little bit more than they have in the past. So I think this is a great year uh, to see the depth of baseball across the First Coast. Tell me about Colby Halter from Bishop Kenny. He's a guy that's also a Florida signee, another one of the top players in the area. Yeah, you know, Bishop Kenny has had a little bit of a an up and down maybe the last 10 years. You know, when, when I was covering baseball um, back in the early portions of the 90s and 2000s, you know, you had these great Bishop Kenny teams loaded. Bob West was a coach, Tony Ritchie, and uh, the Rumble Twins, and uh, the Gambles. I mean, just a, a constant uh, – just Bishop Kenny was just cranking out players every year, so I think you've seen a little bit of more of that, uh, you know, here and there um, prospect emerge at Bishop Kenny, and I think Colby is probably one of the best prospects that they've had in the last ten years at BK. He's done it on the international level. Um, he's done it in high school level. He's already been a two-time All-City guy, Florida commit, um, and he does it. Uh, he does it everywhere. But I think um, I think more than than pitching, and he's certainly a, a capable pitcher. I think his uh, position is uh, infield uh, from here on out. He is a load of a hitter. Um, he'll probably flirt with that 400 mark this season. I think Colby's improved every year um, as a baseball player. And I mean, certainly you don't make a USA baseball international team if you're not a good player. So I think Colby, um, with his international experience, I think he's poised for uh, his best season at Bishop Kinney. You know, we've touched on several of the top players in Jacksonville. Is there anybody that we've missed, somebody that uh, stands out to you? You know, I think um, maybe in, when you're talking um, guys, you know, Bowles doesn't have the, the Hunter Barco's uh, uh, powerhouse this year. Jackson Ballmeister, I think he's going to shoulder that load this year um, on the mound. But I think Bowles, again, um, just from the depth from Bowles, you don't have that one headliner that you've had. You know, the Austin Knights, the Hunter Barco's, you don't have that this year at Bowles. So I think it'll be interesting to see Coach Boswell's team and, and what they do with, um, you know, kind of some, some experience, but not as uh, much as they had in the past. 
and uh, and Bartram Trail. I think yeah, look for them to take a step forward this year. Um, kind of been uh, in a log jam there in the past with uh, some St. John's County teams like Creekside, but this year they're in a new district. They're in there with Mandarin and Nice, Sandalwood and Oakleaf. So it'll be interesting to see what they they uh, they do this year. I think Bartram. Um, when you're talking about taking a next step, I think Bartram Trail is certainly a team in St. Johns County that uh, is poised to take that next step this year. It's going to be an exciting baseball season. The Jacksonville area loaded with talent once again. Uh, Justin, this was fun, man. I appreciate you doing this. Let's do it again. Thanks for having me.